0: Tonight, Canada's new mask debate with a trio of viruses on a tear. She woke up today, not 100%. Families urged to cover up. That's kind of a a personal choice, I guess. Calls for mandates as infections intensify. A Hydro-Quebec worker suspected of spying for China. It is a subject that directly affects national security. A researcher accused of sending trade secrets overseas. Plus, living the runway dream.
1: If you're scared to model,
2: don't be.
0: When inclusion is always in fashion.
2: It was a
3: no-brainer to cast her for our show.
4: CTV National News with Omar Sachadina.
0: Good evening, everyone. A new diagnosis is in on the tridemic that has overwhelmed children's hospitals. The latest numbers show Canada is now at the start of an influenza epidemic. And as of today, SickKids Hospital in Toronto has stopped performing non-urgent surgeries with an ICU at 127% capacity. The surge of flu, COVID and RSV has brought back calls for Canadians to mask up. But whether it should be mandated is up for debate. CTV's Heather Butts starts us off.
5: To help prevent even more children from ending up in hospital, a plea from Ontario's top doctor.
0: I'm strongly
4: recommending that all Ontarians, not just those at high risk, wear a mask in indoor public settings.
5: A triple threat of respiratory viruses is now overwhelming pediatric hospitals. Some kids are winding up in the ICU, and like this infant, require an oxygen mask to help them breathe. Other families face agonizing wait times in the ER.
2: Just seeing so many kids that were so sick, so much crying, screaming, coughing, and just exhausted parents. The nurse said apologetically there was 63 patients ahead of us and one doctor until 6 a.m.
4: This is different than COVID.
2: Dr.
5: Kieran Moore says this time children 2 to 5 should wear masks and sick family members should wear them at home.
4: What might be a cold to you can lead to a severe respiratory infection in a child 4 and under.
5: But he stopped short of reinstating a mask mandate disappointing some doctors.
0: It's not enough. He could have gone a bit further and required it in schools, for instance. That's where the majority of cases are being spread.
5: But parents are split.
4: I don't think there should be a mandate, but I think they should just uh, get the message out there. One of my kids, uh, his class, uh, four or five kids are sick and, on any given day. So,
3: yeah, maybe masking a bit at this time uh, might help a bit.
5: In Halifax, the pediatric ICU has been operating at up to 160% capacity for 11 days. In Alberta, hospital capacity is at dangerous levels with thousands of students home sick. Still, the province also won't move to mandate. We are not going to be mandating masks. We've heard loud and clear from parents that they want a normal school environment for their kids. Quebec's College of Physicians is urging people to wear masks, with some there wanting the province to go further.
0: The problem is, is that when you tell people something is a recommendation, they interpret that to mean it's optional uh, and they don't do it.
5: Dr. Moore said the influenza season is fully underway in the province, with the peak expected in early to mid-December. He's recommending people not only wear masks, but use multiple layers of protection and get the flu shot. Omar.
0: All right, Heather, thank you. A shortage of pediatric painkillers is contributing to crowded emergency rooms. Today, signs relief is on the way
2: that there will be a special importation of additional analgesics, the equivalent of several months of normal supply.
0: The health minister said that foreign supply of acetaminophen, branded as Tylenol, is expected in the coming weeks and available for purchase. That's on top of previously announced shipments of the drug and ibuprofen or Advil that's been distributed to hospitals. There are accusations of stolen industrial secrets being sent from Quebec to China tonight and for the first time a person in Canada was charged with economic espionage. CTV's Quebec bureau chief Geneviève Beauchemin has the details.
2: The RCMP alleges a Chinese spy operated here for years within the walls of this Hydro-Quebec research facility. Yu Sheng lives in a Montreal suburb and studies electric vehicle battery materials. He's now facing charges of sending trade secrets to China.
3: Mr. Wong
0: allegedly used this position to conduct research for a Chinese university and other Chinese research centers.
2: hydro Quebec's security branch flagged Wong's file to the RCMP this August. He worked for the utility for six years. This came
5: to light because of our strong uh, detection
2: mechanisms and because of our Uh, the vigilance of our teams. These charges come days after accusations surfaced of China meddling in Canadian federal elections, of operating secret police stations in Ontario, and at a time when Ottawa is reworking how it deals with the world's second largest economy.
6: Canada
4: is is a particularly central target for the Chinese regime because um, it seems that they can engage in this kind of activity with impunity. And their agents, up until now, have not suffered the risk of uh, incarceration.
2: The RCMP won't comment on what information was passed on, but Ottawa says today's arrest should deliver a strong message to Canadian companies.
1: When it comes to intellectual property, when it comes to critical supply chain around uh, battery ecosystem, around, for example, microchip,
0: Uh, We need to be extremely vigilant.
2: Wong will be in court tomorrow on charges including obtaining trade secrets, fraud and breach of trust by a public officer. He faces up to 10 years in jail. Omar.
0: Genevieve, thank you. The Chinese and U.S. presidents had their first face-to-face meeting since Joe Biden became president. The leaders of both superpowers met for nearly three hours on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali today and pledged to repair their fractured relationship frayed by long-standing disagreements over Taiwan, the self-ruled island claimed by China,
1: and trade. We're going to compete vigorously, but I'm not looking for conflict. I'm looking to manage this competition responsibly.
0: Biden told Xi Jinping he stood by the one-China policy, acknowledging Beijing's claim to Taiwan, but that he did not accept that claim. Tensions between the U.S. and China intensified after a high-profile visit by Nancy Pelosi to the island in August. Canada, meanwhile, called out Russia at the G20 summit today. Russia's brutal war in Ukraine is creating food and energy crises. It's disrupting supply chains raising the cost of living. Prime Minister Trudeau has sanctioned 23 more officials from Moscow's justice and security sectors and pledged half a billion dollars in additional military support to Ukraine. And in a surprise visit, the president of that country walked the streets of the newly liberated city of Kherson today after a retreat by Russia. CTV's chief international correspondent, Paul Workman, on the latest blow to the Kremlin.
1: Where just days ago, this city was cowering under the force of Russian occupation. Today a little girl danced and waved Ukrainian flags in Freedom Square. Their jubilation give an extra meaning with the arrival of President Volodymyr Zelensky, making a nervy and emotional visit to a city still within Russian shooting range. But firmly liberated in a spectacular triumph for Ukraine's military. We are ready for peace, but our peace for our country is all our country, all our territory. People waited for Ukrainian army, for our, for, for our soldiers, for all of us. And so, so what can I, what can I say? Ready. What Russian occupiers imposed on Kherson. Their language, their culture is now being de-Rucified, billboard by billboard. We need to take down all this Russian propaganda, he says, and we are very happy to do it. After months spent largely in hiding, remaining silent, there is an overwhelming sense of relief for those few thousand who remain we saw uh, how the flag was uh, rising by our people and we we were we were just crying it was so it was so wonderful we couldn't believe we still can't believe that our our uh, ukrainian uh, ukrainian army is here as they fled the russians destroyed the city's water and power supply which means filling up bottles and jugs from the dnipro river with enemy forces sitting on the other side or standing on a hilltop trying to find a phone signal. The Russians destroyed that as well. We are ready to suffer as long as it takes, he says. But even without water and electricity and the Internet, life is better than it was before. The liberation of Kherson is without doubt a remarkable victory for Ukraine if not quite the beginning of the end of the war, as the country's president declared today, Omar. All right, Paul, thank you.
0: A mass shooting at the University of Virginia left three members of the school's football team dead and two other students injured. The campus went into a terrifying 12-hour lockdown after the gunman opened fire on a bus late last night and the shooter fled.
1: Five patients, repeat, five patients with gunshot wounds.
0: The victims had been returning from Washington the suspect was identified as a former player. Police got word of his capture during a news conference.
4: Just need a moment to thank God. <laughs> we of relief.
0: There is no word on a motive. More Republicans are publicly blaming Donald Trump for last week's disappointing results in the U.S. midterms. And now his former vice president says Trump put him and his family in danger. CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malbin reports.
7: Of all the president's men, former Vice President Mike Pence was perhaps the most loyal to Donald Trump, staying silent until now.
3: The president's words that day at the rally endangered me and my family and everyone at the Capitol building.
7: Slabbing Trump in a new memoir called So Help Me God, Pence details the terror on January 6th, hustled off to safety as armed rioters loyal to Trump stormed the Capitol. Yeah. He's furious about that Trump tweet that turned the mob against him, threatening his life. When Pence refused to break the law to do Trump's bidding and block the certification of Joe Biden's victory.
3: It angered me. And I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem.
7: Pence is breaking with Trump, along with a growing number of conservatives in open revolt, calling Trump the Republican's biggest loser. He's never been weaker, even mocking him as Trumpy dumpty After scores of Trump's chosen candidates, so-called election deniers were denied and defeated in the midterm elections.
3: It's basically the third election in a row that Donald Trump has cost us uh, the race. And it's like, you know, three strikes, you're out.
7: And when asked if Trump should be president again.
3: David, I think that's up to the American people. But I think we'll have better choices in the future.
7: Donald Trump was subpoenaed to testify before the committee investigating the riot in Washington, but was a no-show. Instead, he's here in Palm Beach, teasing a possible presidential run announcement tomorrow. Omar?
0: All right, Joy, thank you. The testimony at the Emergencies Act inquiry has focused on whether that legislative tool was necessary. Today, the former Deputy Minister of Public Safety says it worked to end the demonstrations.
1: There was, within two weeks, uh, very little manifestation of those kinds of protests around the country.
0: While a document from CSIS
1: questioned
0: its use, stating Canada's intelligence agency did not believe the protests ever posed a national security threat. We are getting a closer look tonight at what is typically an invisible environmental danger. New images and research reveal there is more methane being emitted into the atmosphere than previously thought. CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier on what that means.
3: Of all the emissions created by Canada's oil and gas industry, one of the most environmentally harmful is a gas you can't even see without a specialized camera. I saw... Methane everywhere. Texas-based environmental scientist Tim Doty used that technology on 128 randomly selected sites in Saskatchewan and Alberta last summer. He found methane coming from several installations. The most surprising, these flares meant to vent excess gas. Doty says a quarter of the roughly 50 he saw were unlit. So instead of burning up the methane, it was spewing into the air. By and large, the sites that I looked at, are not using best practices. What I saw was pretty astounding. We didn't expect the scale of this. The David Suzuki Foundation is one of three environmental groups that paid for the analysis. They say the images are proof energy companies aren't doing enough and Canada's policy is too weak. We have new regulations that are supposed to be Uh, reducing these emissions. We shouldn't be going out in the field and finding these emissions.
1: It is coming out at a fairly high rate.
3: This chemical engineer and industry consultant says while the unlit flares are concerning, the amount of methane coming from other installations in the videos is not.
1: So those weren't high rates and they weren't unexpected and every tank out there has that. So if if there's a best practice, that's what it is.
3: Another expert points out the specialized camera shows the presence of methane, but doesn't measure how much.
1: Some of these emissions are... Part of normal operations
3: and they're unavoidable. They tend; Those tend to be much smaller. Concerns have been raised around how emissions are reported after a massive methane cloud was spotted in September by the European Space Agency and Canadian regulators were not aware of it. And Canada committed to beefing up that system last week at COP27 in Egypt. Among the new regulations promised by the Environment Minister, a national system for
0: monitoring and reporting methane emissions from the oil and gas sector. Omar. All right, Bill, thank you. Coming up, sharing the wealth. She's a unifier. Jeff Bezos on a massive donation to Dolly Parton, as the company he founded reportedly plans for mass layoffs. Plus, the footwear of Apple's late founder on the auction block. Jeff Bezos made a vast fortune revolutionizing the way consumers shop. Now he's pledging to give away most of his gains, worth more than the economies of many countries. But news about his act of charity comes on the same day. Amazon is reportedly planning an uncharitable corporate cut. CTV's Melanie Nagy explains.
6: In a video posted to social media. Wow. Beloved country music star and philanthropist Dolly Parton accepts a $100 million award, one bestowed on her by mega-rich Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. I will do my best to, uh, to do uh, good things with this money. Thank you, Jeff. Bezos started handing out his hefty prize in 2021, but this year's gifting comes as the American entrepreneur admitted for the first time he intends to give away his fortune.
2: Do you plan to give away
6: the majority of your wealth in your lifetime? Yeah, I do. During an interview with CNN, Bezos said he'll donate most of his e-commerce made money to charity. That's an estimated 165 billion Canadian.
3: So we're building the capacity to be able to give away this money.
6: The 58-year-old has been long criticized for not being more philanthropic.
3: Philanthropy, it's not easy. Uh, It's really hard.
6: Bezos' critics also questioned the timing of his comments. Shortly after he made them, reports surfaced that Amazon is planning major layoffs. About 10,000 jobs could be cut as early as this week.
3: These companies are trying to determine, do they have the proper amount of headcount for today's weak demand?
6: Amazon has been grappling with slowing sales, plunging stock prices, and a sluggish global economy. News of the potential cuts followed layoff sprees at other big companies, including Twitter and Meta. Last week, Mark Zuckerberg announced 13% of his workforce would be let go.
3: So you're seeing broad movement across tech for
1: layoffs.
6: Amazon's layoffs are said to focus on its retail division and human resources. As for Bezos, he has yet to say how, when or who he'll give his billions to. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver.
0: And a successful bidder has paid for bragging rights to walk in the shoes of another tech pioneer. Sandals belonging to Apple co-founder Steve Jobs went up for auction. The footwear dates back to the 1970s, around the time the company got off the ground. The used Birkenstocks were expected to fetch about $60,000. They went for $218,000. Still ahead, a fiery mishap for a famous car enthusiast. Jay Leno survives a gas fire in his own garage. King Charles celebrated his first official birthday as monarch today, serenaded by a royal rendition of Happy Birthday by the Band of the Household Cavalry at Buckingham Palace. AND SEVERAL GUN SALUTES TO CELEBRATE HIS MAJESTY'S 74TH BIRTHDAY. THE PALACE ALSO RELEASED THIS PHOTO OF THE KING IN HIS NEW ROLE AS RANGER OF Windsor GREAT PARK. PRINCE PHILIP ALSO HAD THAT JOB FOR NEARLY 70 YEARS. AND THE MAN ONCE DUBBED THE KING OF LATE NIGHT TELEVISION, JAY LENO, WAS SERIOUSLY INJURED IN A GAS FIRE. LENO WAS TREATED AT HOSPITAL FOR BURNS TO HIS FACE AFTER ONE OF HIS CARS BURST INTO FLAMES IN HIS LOS ANGELES GARAGE. Leno told Variety magazine that he's okay, but will need a week or two to get back on his feet. The 72-year-old former Tonight Show host has a massive collection of over 180 vehicles. Beloved soap opera star John Aniston, who delighted daytime audiences for decades on Days of Our Lives, has died.
7: What I really want is the respect of this town. The respect I deserve, considering all I've done for it.
0: Actress Jennifer Aniston remembered her dad as a sweet papa, You are one of the most beautiful humans I ever knew. John Aniston was 89. After the break, a model of inspiration and courage.
1: If you're scared to model, don't
0: be. A teenager showcasing her authentic self on the runway. When it comes to breaking barriers, Monica Myers is a true inspiration. The Canadian teenager is both a fashion model and a role model. Here's CTV's John Valley Rao.
1: Are you nervous at all? I don't get nervous, so no.
0: We caught up with 14-year-old Monica
4: Myers. You,
1: you look beautiful.
4: Come. Moments before, she hit the runway, waiting with all the other models and adoring every minute of it. Well, About
1: the backstage, like where I am right now.
4: The show, part of Fashion Art Toronto, where Monica took another step, well, actually a bunch of them towards making her dream a reality. The show's first ever model with Down syndrome. (laughs) With a laugh, Monica shared her message to others.
3: If you're scared to model, don't be.
4: Ever since she was a little girl, Monica says she always loved to dress up. And according to her mom, she would constantly compliment other women.
5: She's always so busy telling everybody how beautiful they are and I just turned to her and said, you know, you are beautiful, too.
4: Inspired by several recent international trailblazers, Monica decided to try modeling. In June, she was the first with Down syndrome to appear at Toronto Kids Fashion Week. It was so fun. And then in October, one of the few to have ever taken the stage during Fashion Week in New York.
1: I wore a beautiful dress, oh my God, it was so beautiful.
4: Her latest outfit was created by indigenous designer Leslie Hampton. Imagine a society where we all feel accepted and we all feel included in beautiful forms of artwork like fashion. Monica has started a campaign she calls brave and beautiful, hoping to inspire others to believe in themselves.
5: She's honest and real, and she represents sort of a a minority that I think people often don't think can do things. And it rings home to us to be strong and to pursue things that we don't feel that we can be strong to
4: do. And next, Monica would like to walk a stage in Paris where she'd also, no doubt, rock the runway.
0: John Venevali Rao, CTV News, Toronto. Incredible, and that's a snapshot of this Monday for all of us at CTV National News. Good night and see you tomorrow.